The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The San Jose Sharks have won their last five visits to Edmonton tonight. A lopsided 6-3 decision for the Sharks. Timo Meyer had two goals and an assist as the Oilers have lost back-to-back games for the first time since December 23rd and 27th. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're live in Studio 99. It's 25 after 10. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Well, I guess a good five and a half or six minutes for the Oilers, Rob, and then it was San Jose clearly the better team for the final 50 more minute, 54 minutes of the game. Yeah, and you got to give credit to San Jose on that. Uh, it's a team that's you know, a long ways out of a playoff spot, and they come in Edmonton, they fall behind two goals early, and, and both goals were, were, were goals that were quite pretty. I mean, Connor McDavid stealing one and creating the one that Gagne scores, and then the, 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 the pretty goal coming down and turning the defenseman and the goaltender both inside out, and San Jose's bench, you would think, would sag. You think, all right, here we go again. We've seen this story too many times this year, but they didn't. They just kept uh, working, working hard. They weren't creating pretty plays. They were just outworking the others, outbattling them, winning races, winning uh, when it was stick on stick. They were the one that was getting the puck. Uh, all the little things they were better at than the Oilers were, and uh, they were given open space. And when they get open space, a, Joe, a guy like Joe Thornton, he's 40 years old, but if you give him time to make a play, he still can and in front of the net the the oilers were battling in front of the net san jose shark guys winning the battles and and putting the puck in the net it wasn't i don't think koskinen had his best night he didn't get they didn't get the saves that they needed but at the end of the night i think the score is pretty indicative of the way the game was Uh, san jose was the better team for majority of the game and certainly deserved the two points they got well for the second straight game very little sustained pressure by the oilers that you look at a lot of the games they they'd won over their their stretch here second chances keeping pucks alive tenacious very quiet game from the dry side only well quiet game offensively unfortunately you notice them defensively for the wrong reasons but i mean they did they didn't generate uh, uh, a lot of pressure and you didn't see a lot from the depth players either shane had a lot of chances i mean this was just i think an all-around poor game by edmonton today well San Jose, despite the injuries to, to Couture and, and Hurdle, have a, a very good top four defense. And when they were on the ice, they did a very nice job of getting pucks out quickly. Uh, Burns was fantastic with his stick tonight, disrupting plays. Uh, there's one where McDavid had him beaten. Burns still was able to stick around and knock the puck away. And then the Carlson-Vlasic pairing, again, uh, they use their speed and their smarts. And they showed a number of replays of Connor trying to break in. He always had one of them on him and, and forcing him. There was, no, there was no free space for the Oilers' star players tonight. The only time that the Oilers created some opportunities when they got against the third pairing, Ferrero and Simic, and they, both those two were minus three, but that was the only time the Oilers created any offense. The top four for San Jose did a masterful job uh, limiting the opportunities and San Jose did a good job battling they, they they would come back they would there was always five guys in the picture 
And the Oilers, on the other hand, they would have five guys in the pitcher defensively, but guys would be caught looking at the puck, and there was a couple goals where they had all five guys back where they were supposed to be, and the San Jose Sharks were still able to put the puck in the net. So I think this one is one where uh, Dave Tippett will have plenty of video to show, okay, guys, we're not going to win if we play defensive hockey like this, when we turn the puck over like this, when we miscommunicate in our own zone like this. This was, I thought, I didn't mind the Oilers game in Arizona. It lacked emotion, but I thought they played a smart game. And they were one shot away from it being a different type of hockey game. And tonight's game was completely different. This was a game that San Jose scored six and probably had another six or eight grade-A scoring chances that could have gone in the net as well. Yeah, 6-3 San Jose wins it tonight. And I thought for the Oilers to... Not great at the offensive blue line, getting pucks in, a, a lot of passes disrupted or trying to beat a player one-on-one. And you've, you've brought up the point several times, Rob, that if, if, if you can't pass it in, fire it in and skate. That, that's one way to create energy if, if you're lagging behind in the game a little bit. Well, I, teams watch video on other teams, and they know what their habits are. They know what their tendencies are. They know what they're really good at and what they want to do. Well, the Edmonton Oilers love carrying the puck across the blue line. When it's in Leon's hand or Nuge's hand or Connor McDavid's hand, they want to get the puck across the blue line, push the defenseman back again, and look for a cross-ice pass. Well, if, if you know that that's going to happen, now you put five guys on the blue line. Don't give up the blue line. Force them to, to try and beat you. And if they try and beat you, now you have a second player that comes back and fades in behind you and he picks up the puck. And we saw that time and time again tonight. San Jose didn't give up the blue line. Now, they got very good, smart defensemen that are capable of making the play and making the stop. But they, the, the Edmonton Oilers just got a little, um, oh, I guess, stubborn to the point where you know what, I'm going to get by him. I'm going to make it work this time. Yet time and time again, it, it wasn't working. Whereas if you just chip the puck in, if everyone knows that you're going to dump the puck in as you cross the red line, they're going full speed. If you're hesitant, okay, is he going to dump this one or is he going to try and beat the guy? If you're the other wingers, you're slowing down. Now you've got no speed at all. I think the others needed to simplify tonight because San Jose did a really good job standing him up and giving them no easy zone cover, easy that, zone entries. That is what the Oilers' adjustment of the game will be for Saturday against Nashville, courtesy of the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. So the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Sharks. Other Pacific Division teams, the Canucks lose 4-2 to the Wild. The Flames lose 3-2 to the Predators. The Coyotes lose 5-3 to the Hurricanes. Vegas wins 7-2 over the Florida Panthers. So we'll get to the updated standings here in a couple of minutes. But we'll finish the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. Also, tonight, it was the Canadians beating the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. Petrie got the winner. Lightning over the Penguins 4-2. Red Wings dropped the Sabres 4-3 in a shootout. The Islanders get by the Kings 5-3. Devils win on the road 5-0 against the Flyers. Avalanche win 4-1 over Ottawa. Jets knock off the Blues 4-2. So here's what we're looking at. Vancouver now having lost a couple in a row. 65 points. Vegas 63. Edmonton 62. Arizona 61 and Calgary on a three-game losing streak at 60. So, and what uh, five points between first and fifth? First to fifth, but the problem is all of the teams: Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, Arizona. All have lost a couple as of late. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, teams: Nashville, Winnipeg, Chicago, Minnesota, 
and even San Jose now has a little belief because all those teams have picked up points in their last two games. So when they were, well, now all of Nashville's three points behind the Oilers on the outside looking in with a game in hand, and they play each other on Saturday. And that's a team that the Oilers were a good three, four points ahead of the other day. Now all of a sudden they could be catching up to them. It, the teams that are on the outside have belief now because in the last few games all the top teams that are in the playoffs have lost and the teams needing points have got their points it it, it looked like there was going to be you know maybe four four teams fighting for those last two spots now it looks like there might be seven or eight teams fighting for those last two spots it's going to make it exciting for us but it also is a little dicier now for the teams that look pretty comfortable, you know, just a week ago. Yeah, well, it is. It is a pretty good race, and, oh, it's and, and I think this is a, fr- a frustrating couple games for 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 the Oilers. I, I know a lot of fans are frustrated tonight, but I mean, I hope to some extent e- embrace the drive. I mean, there's there's going to be ups and downs, and and I think I mean, you look at Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, Arizona, Calgary. Just just look at the top five teams yeah. right now that are that are in playoff spots, and we'll see what happens. They're all. I think they're all good teams. I don't. I don't know if there's a great team in that bunch. I mean, Vegas has the history of the last couple of years, but you haven't totally seen that this year. And even just look at the points by the division leaders. Well, Vancouver has 65. The other division leaders have 72, 78, and 77. So it shows you the division is, uh, you know, the the high end isn't as high as as some of the other teams. So it's it's. I think it's going to continue to be. A scrap for every point amongst the And that's clubs. why, if you, you first you want to get the, in the playoffs, obviously that's your goal. But it would be great to get in in your own division and not have to cross over, because I think it's a wide open Pacific Division if you get into the playoffs. I don't think there's any team that you could say, okay, they're the team to beat. And I don't think there's any team you could say, okay, they don't have a chance. But if you have to cross over, say you get that second wild card spot, yeah, you're in the playoffs, but now you're going to have to Probably go through St. Louis and then. Dallas or Colorado. Now, those three teams are very good teams. Those teams are elite. So you do not want to be the second wildcard team. You want to be the team that gets in in, the divi- in your division. And what's really great, and this is why you want to enjoy the ride, the next two games here on home ice for the Oilers, they play Nashville, they play Chicago. Yep. Both teams absolutely desperate for points who have both snuck themselves back into a playoff race. Those games are huge. And we've seen teams like San Jose tonight, like Arizona the other night, they were incredibly desperate. They, they needed points, uh, more so than the Oilers did. And, and you sh- saw it in their game. Well, we're going to see two more teams back-to-back with that same type of desperation in their game. That's why it's fun. And the great part of it now is the Oilers are part of the equation. The last number of years, they haven't been. They are this year. So enjoy this ride because if you make the playoffs... It's any anybody's game, and the Oilers have as good a chance as any right now. All right, 6-3, the Sharks take it tonight. We'll go down and hear from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Well, Dave, I guess you like the first five minutes, and then after that, it just what did you see change? What stopped working for your group? No, we just we got out-competed on too many battles. You got five of the six goals are... It's not as if we're giving out outnumbered rushes. We just we're just getting out competed and, and beat on on plays in our zone, and the other one was a power play goal. So we had uh, they competed on battles harder than we did, and they got to the inside. They got to our net, and we didn't get to theirs. And that's the difference in the game. 
You seemed, uh, you know, when it happened in Arizona, you kind of everyone said, yeah. well, you know what, they were due for one of those. Yeah. What's the difference between one of those and then two of them in a row? Six periods. Six periods, not good. We talked about it after the Arizona game. This is, you know, I get in at six in the morning, you're, you know, emotional games, but this is a game that we had to show up and play. Start was all right, but not good enough. Not good enough. Not competing hard enough in the areas that you have. It's going to get, it's going to get hard to win. And if you're not willing to pay the price to win, and willing to block shots or box out men or compete on a one-on-one battle for a loose puck in front of your net, if you're going to lose the majority of those, you're not going to win many games. So that's that's on us. You know. San Jose, they played a hard game. Played a hard game. They just wanted to compete. They got some people missing. They've got a lot of young players in there competing hard. And we got beat on too many of those compete plays, and it cost us the game. You talked a lot about compete. Connor used the word emotion. I don't know if it's the same thing, but just what do you... No, it's different. He, he felt that the team didn't play with enough emotion. That was the... Well, was when, you get, when you get emotional, you compete harder. That's That's probably a good way to put it, but... When you're in a battle, there's two guys going to the net, and you're side by side. One guy wins, and one guy doesn't. We didn't win enough of those. So if that's emotion, if you got to get emotional to do that, get emotional, right? But we just didn't win enough of those battles tonight. We we were we were just a half step behind, trying to beat too many people one on one. And you saw the game, the St. Louis game, the Calgary game. Simple hockey games, right? They're simple. You put the puck ahead, you're direct, you go hard after it, you compete on loose pucks, you get pucks going to the net. It's not a it's not like a extravagant math equation here. You know, so Dave, I'm assuming you weren't surprised by the Sharks. They they always go to the net. That's kinda of what they do. They're not a team that's flashy and I'm certain that's something you've talked about. Is that more frustrating because I'm guessing that was the game plan to be prepared for that? We had video for that this morning. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. They lose 6-3 to the Sharks. He says it's not like it's an extravagant math equation. Thank God we'd be here all night. <laughs> but, I mean, you touched on what you talked about, Rob. Straight line, simplify, put the puck towards the other team net. And sure, some nights it's, uh, it's easier said than done. But he also said no, not enough battles won one-on-one for pucks, and he, and he said the Oilers looked a half-step behind today. They did, and sometimes... I like when he talks about simplifying because you don't always have to make pretty plays to beat a team. You just have to make the simple plays and execute them better than the other team. And uh, I, I think at times when the Oilers start to, when they fall behind or they feel like they have to create something, they try to get flashy and they try to make the long pass. There was a couple shifts in the first period where uh, I think Nurse had it at first and all they had to do was put it 15 feet back to his defensive partner and then let him make the play. Instead, he tried making a 30-foot pass that got deflected. Right afterwards, Archibald gets it. Same thing, just bump it back to your partner and move on. Instead, he tries to go cross-ice again. It gets knocked down. So those are two things. Just a simple play would have been easy, and he would have been out of trouble. But when you try to make the high-risk plays, if they don't work out, well, now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're scrambling. And the Oilers did that too often. And then the battle drill, the battles that the Oilers lost tonight, 
when whenever you see a team that's missing some players and the Sharks were missing two star players tonight, Kachur and Hurdle, you think, okay, we can take advantage of them. Well, you can, except the player that's taken the spot is going to have an incredibly high battle level because this is this might be this one kid's one shot. We you, you and I talked before the game tonight. They had two players playing in tonight's game. They were both playing their second game ever because their first game ever was last game. Right. So those guys, I mean, they're they're competing their battle. They they are playing with a desperation that no other player has because they may never get another shot in the National Hockey League. This might be their one chance to prove they belong. So every time they're on the ice, they're going to give every last drop that they have in them. And, and we saw that with, with the physicality, with the winning the battles. They're not going to... Uh, you know, dangle you or, or turn a defenseman inside out, but they're going to finish checks. They're going to battle behind the net. They're going to take pucks to the net. They're going to get in front of the net. They're going to do all the little things because that's what's going to keep them in the National Hockey League. And I think we saw that today. Uh, some of the players that you wouldn't expect as much from for the San Jose Sharks simply outcompeted the Oilers' better players because they needed to. 6-3, the Sharks take it tonight. They have enjoyed coming to Rogers Place. Five consecutive wins here at Rogers Place the last four in regulation time. This is, I mean, geez, Toronto comes here and wins. Uh, Ottawa comes here. Uh, San Jose comes a little more often. The Oilers have beat them here. Uh, and, and some lopsided games. I mean, a 7-4 in there, a 5-2 in there for San Jose. So uh, they've been pretty good in this building. Timo Meyer, excellent game from him. He's the first star. McDavid picked as the second star. He wound up with just one point tonight. Eric Carlson picked as the third star. Rob, uh, we're going to give the fourth star of the game for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Well, Bob upstairs asked if there was anyone that could be satisfied with their game tonight, and we didn't talk about this one player, but I thought Ethan Bear played well. You know, he played almost 24 minutes tonight. He was plus in a game where they had some teammates who were minus two, minus three, and he scored an absolute beauty of a goal in the game, so much that uh, they showed it on the highlights that Brent Birds went by him when he was sitting on the bench and told him good job on the goal. Kind of, Ethan Barris kind of like, oh, yeah, well, thank you about that. But so to me, four-star of the game, probably the most noticeable player for the Oilers in a positive light tonight was Ethan Bear. Bear's fifth goal of the season, his first one since November 28th. He had gone 28 games without scoring. Not nearly enough from the Oilers tonight, though, an early 2-0 lead, and then they crumble, losing 6-3 to the Sharks. You can call us or text us. It's the same number, 780-496-0063. We'll get to some of your remarks. You'll hear more post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along. It is 10:42 overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back in, Meyer to the net, wrist shot, save, Koskinen. Off a bouncing puck, Meyer had a partial break there, and Koskinen came up with a save. All right, rough night for Koskinen, six goals against on 31 shots, but that's his save of the game for Jiffy Lube, BY's Winterize. I know a few people texting in, uh, why was Mike Smith not the starter today? I actually thought Smith would be the starter. I was a little surprised. Um, a little surprised they didn't go back to him. Uh, having said that, I, I know Tippett complimented Koskinen's game in Arizona, so I think it just came down to the fact he he wanted to say that loss wasn't on you, so we're going to give you another shot. Yeah, I think that's, that's, it. that's exactly it. I thought he played very good in Arizona. Um... They had been going two and two earlier in the season. It got away from them when one had a when Koskinen started playing well. He got a long stretch. Smith started playing well. He got a long stretch. Maybe they wanted to get back to that play to sit to. Uh, 
Smith uh, will be in the next game. And I think the way that's going to go right now, if Smith plays well, he'll get the next one and just go from there. So whoever plays well gets the net. Unfortunately, tonight, Koskinen didn't have his A game, and he was among... 20 players that didn't have their A game tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, 6-3, Sharks take it. Let's go down to their dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's head coach Bob Bugner. Yeah, no, I was, was proud of the guys. Obviously, uh, the first five minutes didn't go as well, and then, uh, you know, you're sitting there, and 97's going off, and you don't know if it's one of those nights where he's going to get four or five on you. And, uh, uh, but we settled down. I think our special teams gave us a chance to penalty kill, especially uh, at 2-1, and allowed our power play to get out there, and it's been cold on obviously as a late so I think it was uh, you know special teams really uh, made the difference in the first period and kept us in the game. Uh, power play simplify things that, that, that goal just throw the puck at the net. And, that's all we're trying to do right now. We're, we're constantly talking about that. Uh, um, you know, we've actually, in the last probably week, of we, we let the uh, the power play goals from the night before roll um, from from the league, around the league. And, uh, you know, there are very few of them are going seam or tap door, uh, backdoor tap-ins. They're all, uh, um, you know, shots and, and uh, crashing the net. And uh, you know, it's good for them to see, and that's the identity we want to have until we start getting some success on the power play and other options open up. I think we have to be simple, and we got to, you know, get guys in the goalie's eyes and we got to put pucks in that. What do you think Maxwell and Alex have added to this group? Do you think maybe they can stick around for a little while I think so. I think that, you know, with our injuries, there's going to be young guys getting opportunities. And as long as they play well, I think there's no reason to, and we're winning, I think there's no reason to change the lineup. I think that uh, um, both guys got their first point in the NHL tonight. And I know that the bench was ecstatic for them. And it was uh, it was a good feeling to see that. And, uh, um, you know, and they're learning. I think that uh, we spent a lot of time with them. Um, they're asking questions. And it's it's good to see that, you know, a couple guys that uh, um, have earned the chance to get a, a recall and they're making the most of it. All right, that's Bob Boudreau, coach of the Sharks. They win 6-3 tonight in Edmonton. San Jose's record goes to 24-27-4 on the season. The Oilers fall to 28-20-6. As we mentioned earlier, third now in the Pacific Division behind Vancouver and Vegas. Vegas jumping ahead of the Oilers tonight with their victory. First time the Oilers have lost back-to-back games since December 23rd and 27th. So... They'll need to try to uh, avoid it going to three in a row on Saturday when they face the Nashville Predators. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Robert on the line. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Well, I, well, I'm, uh, well uh, I think it was last year, if I remember right. Wasn't it after shortly? Wasn't it, wasn't it like right after they hired... Hitchcock, they had a had what was it a, a run where they were what nine two and two in thirteen games, if I believe. Yep. And then uh, and and uh, and this little stretch in their last thirteen, they're now what eight three and two. So so it's it, so in my opinion, that's 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 still pretty good. I mean tonight, yeah, yeah, several players didn't have it, but um, but. At the same time, I think uh, I think the I think the difference between that that 13 game run last year and that then that the, and that 13 game run this year to now where I think that I I think the uh, the the biggest difference I guess uh, I guess would be the Oilers they don't they don't, they don't have the the uh, uh, no, uh, six or seven uh, minor leaguers in their lineup that they had. Which, uh, which is one of the biggest reasons that I felt that the team last year uh, crumbled following that run. So I think 
think there's think there's there's uh, no sense in in panicking just yet. I mean, there's uh, 28 games left, so you're still in the still in the top three. You're still in a uh, still in a good spot. So, uh, but so which uh, leads me to uh, my first of uh, two questions. One being, uh, in the next game, does uh, Tyler Benson come out? I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I thought thought he looked okay you didn't you didn't 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 really notice him either way but and then uh, then then, uh, that leads uh, leads me to my my second question does uh uh, caleb jones go back in on defense because i thought again lagason he wasn't no not great but not bad either thanks robert i i think caleb jones is an automatic he will be in for sure uh as for benson I think a lot will be dependent on if James Neal is healthy. If Neal's healthy, he'll play, and then you got to make a decision on who you're going to pull out of the lineup. Uh, I thought Benson was fine. I'd like to see more of him, but obviously it's tough right now. You're in a playoff race, and you're playing uh, very, very important games. It's not a tryout right now. This is this is the real thing. I think they will look at it. If Neal's back in, they'll look at which team, which lineup gives them the best opportunity against Nashville. I don't know if that's Benson or not, but I thought Benson was fine in his first start. He didn't look at a place, and in a couple late opportunities that he had on the ice, he, he almost scored a goal, created a couple chances. So yeah, I think it was a nice start for Benson, but I think he still has more that we're going to see as he moves on in his career. All right, 6-3, the Sharks take it tonight. That means a $75 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give $25 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every goal scored by the Oilers throughout the season. All right, we will welcome Jamie on the open line. Jamie, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, first off, I just thought that I think that Dave Tippett's biggest challenge is going to be how does he how does he get these guys to handle success because we I think they can handle failure but when they get too high I think some guys kind of kind of don't perform so good and I just think that jeez um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought but I just think that honestly, they went up two nothing tonight, and they kind of just let off the gas. There was no one was checking, you know, no one was engaged. There wasn't no one skating. I thought Leon was lazy, and it's just like they. It almost seemed like they thought, okay, we got these, we got these guys. We're at home. We're up two nothing, and then it, it just all went to crap. But I think they they got to stay hungry. They got to stay focused. And the last two games. Arizona wasn't so bad, but tonight everyone seemed not too focused. And maybe one of the problems was there was too many changes in the lineup. And they kind of mixed and matched too much, so I didn't like that. But what do you guys say? All right. Yep, thanks, Jamie. We appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I don't know about, about handling success. I mean, I'm sure they... They would like to keep <laughs> winning on that stretch. I mean, look, the, the the great teams, and again, I'll reference this again. I think the five teams you have at the top of the Pacific are not great. Vegas has been great in the past. They they don't they aren't there this year. The great teams are are more consistent, are deeper, and 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 know when to pour it on, and know that 
regardless of what the score is, they're going to play the same way. Uh, more on a consistent basis, yeah. I mean, the great teams have bad games too. The great teams sure. have bad stretches. Uh, they just don't. Fewer and a lot they just shorter. don't have as, as, right. as many. Um, I, I don't know. I think the only way you can learn to handle success is by continuing to have success. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a problem for, for the O's. I don't think they came out and said, "Okay, we were really good for a long stretch. Uh, we don't have to try as much tonight." I think the game in Arizona, the I, the game in Arizona wasn't a bad game. It was a game where they didn't get the bounces. Arizona did. Arizona was probably a little bit better, but not. It's one that the Oilers easily could have won if they got the breaks. Tonight was not a good game. Uh, you know when the Oilers are struggling is when their defensive play lapses. And it did tonight. There was a lot of uh, watching of the puck, a lot of you know, maybe anticipating the puck's going to go somewhere and it doesn't. Now you're caught flat-footed, uh, looking the wrong way, miscommunication. Those are the, the, the plays that you see when a team is struggling. Arizona, I mean, that's a 2 nothing hockey game until an empty net goal. So it, that was a good hockey game. Tonight wasn't. Uh, they just have to, you just got to stop this before you, you get in too deep. Because right. right now, there's some teams that are, Nashville to me is a good hockey club. And I think they underachieved early in the season. They're playing better now. And they're, they've got games in hand. They're, they beat the others are within one. Those are the teams you want to keep behind you, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Nashville Predators, the next two opponents, because those are teams that are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. And in all honesty, at the end of the year, the difference between who wins the division and who's in a wild card spot might only be three or four points. So you want to make sure those teams that are coming from behind stay further behind. The way you do that is win home games against them. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Uh, you guys showed up with, uh, with the right stuff to start, Connor. What happened after you got a, a couple of goal lead there to your game, do you think? Uh, um, you know, even though we were up two, I thought they were still taking the play to us. Um, they found a way to get a couple, which was good, but um, they took the game to us all night. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. Um, you know, just flat and you know, emotionless. Um, you know, we're, we're at our best when we're playing with emotion and you know, being physical and, and in guys' faces and um, you know, playing the right way. So, um, you know, two two nights in a row where you know, we've been pretty flat and, and uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a, a letdown from you know those those games at Calgary and, and whatnot. But um, we can't make excuses for ourselves. We got to be better. In your uh when you come through games like that that are so naturally emotional, it's not that you have to manufacture it, but, but how do you find it? Where's the motivation come from that, that you're not grabbing right now? Well, we shouldn't need any motivation. Um, you know, we're in a tight division, we're in a playoff race, and you know, each and every night matters. So, um, you know, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be looking for reasons to have emotion in games. Um, you know, it's uh, it's right there, and, and uh, we just got to go go get it and bring it uh, bring it every night. What changes? How do you you know, as a captain of a team, may not give the Newt Rockney speech every night, but what happens yeah. between now and the next game to stop this? I think we come to work tomorrow. We practice hard. We practice uh, with emotion, you know, and uh, we'll practice hard against each other. You know, battle with each other, and, and uh, we'll get ready for a good test on on Saturday. All right, that's Connor McDavid scored a spectacular goal, 5:20 in, that made it two nothing Oilers. That's as good as it got. The Sharks dominate after that to win it 6-3. McDavid originally had an assist on 
Gagne's goal that opened the scoring since been adjusted to uh, the assists going to Nurse and Yamamoto. Nurse with two assists tonight. Oilers fall 6-3. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. We are looking for someone to finish the play. We are live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, final damage at Rogers Play, San Jose Sharks 6 Edmonton Oilers three. The Oilers scored the first two goals of the game. San Jose got the next five. Ethan Bear got one back for the Oilers. Kevin LeBanc rounded out the scoring. The final shots, 31 each. Koskinen, 25 saves. Aaron Dell, 28 saves. He has never lost to the Oilers in his career, improving to 5-0. and The Oilers 0-for-1 on the power play. The Sharks were 1-for-3. Some other... Uh, stats of note, Darnell Nurse plays 24-48. Ethan Bear tonight plays 23-50. Connor McDavid had the goal, played 20 minutes, 34 seconds. Five shots on goal, 62% in the uh, face-off circle, minus one for the day. Dreisaitl, both uh, he and Nugent Hopkins, minus three tonight. Dreisaitl did go eight for 12 in face-offs. For the Sharks, Brent Burns plays 27-37 with two assists. And plus two. Eric Carlson plays 24-18. He is plus three with an assist and uh, three shots on goal. And Timo Meyer, very good game for him. 17-43, two goals, eight shots on goal, and another one blocked. Really nice, really nice tip for the uh, Sharks' first goal of the game back in the first. Well, the one thing that San Jose is good at is getting to the front of the net and, and getting good body position to get sticks on pucks because they've got... You know, a few defensive, but two in particular in Carlson and Burns that are incredible at getting pucks through. They're very good at shifting just, you know, a foot this way, a foot that way, opening up a shooting lane and getting pucks on net. And if you, if you watch, the majority of Carlson and Burns' shots are wrist shots. They're just simply trying to get it past the first guy out blocking it and on net. And tonight they got a couple goals because of that. The Oilers didn't do a good enough job getting in shooting lanes, and they didn't do a good enough job taking sticks away in front of the net. So uh, I, I think that if, if you know Dave Tippett has the, the meeting and the video session with the players, I think he can point to the San Jose Sharks team tonight and say, hey, look, they played an absolutely simplified hockey game. They, they didn't score pretty goals. They weren't behind the back passes. They didn't try to beat guys one-on-one. I can't remember how many times tonight. Did you remember a, a San Jose Shark coming down and trying to beat a guy? Every time it was a chip behind, it was a dump in, yep. throwing the puck in, what, at get, the net, at the net, anything just to create uh, an offensive chance off a forecheck. They just played a very, very simple hockey game, and they executed it incredibly well and took full advantage of the the mistakes that the Oilers made. All right, six three Sharks win it. We're going to finish the play with Chris, who already has up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code Jet. Kellen, what do you have? Marcus Sorensen always seems to have a pretty good game when he matches up with Edmonton. Has an assist tonight. Oh, Burns fell down. Three on one Edmonton. Shea tried to center tip on net and a save made by Aaron Dell. Shimmick did exactly what Oscar Klepbaum did the other night. All right, we got Chris on the line for finish the play. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Not too bad. Chris, how well do you think you know the teams in the Alberta Junior Hockey League? Oh, not well at all. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make it really easy for you. What team in the AJHL 
did Aaron Dell play for? Was it the Calgary Canucks or the Evansburg Enforcers? And I'll give you a hint. I'm from Evansburg, and they don't have a team. <laughs> well, then let's, let's take a shot with Calgary, then. You got it, buddy. Your name's going right into the on. grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. We could maybe try to get put a team in Evansburg. I think they'd support it. I think it's time they got one. we got to talk. <laughs> Who's running the AJ? Long, right over, long overdue. That my is. old hometown got a team. How many people are in Evansburg? Oh, I don't know. I think it's around 1,000, 1,200 maybe. So for it to be sustainable. Well, area, you got Antwistle, you got Wildwood. Everybody in the surrounding area I'm will sure, have to come to every single game for it to be sustainable. I'm sure people from Knighton Junction would, would come. See I the beach. Would, I'd Lake make a Isle, trek, I'd Wobbling. make a trek up there. If Evansburg got a team, I'd Green make a Valley trek. has a team. The automatic regional rivalry. Just half an hour down the highway. See, I don't know my geography very well. well I, I know around Evansburg, yeah. Okay. We might even get people from San Gudo coming to watch. Isn't Evansburg, is that by, um, what's the name? I go Pemina River, isn't it? Up yes, the Pemina River is between Evansburg and Entwistle. Oh, there you go. See, I've, yeah. went, I've been to Pemina River. Before. Yeah, all the river folk would come to the game. That's <laughs> come out of their huts and Huck watch Finn hockey. and T- Tom Sawyer, they'll be up there. <laughs> that's, that's right. It would be incredible. Really would be amazing. Well, let's, let's start a petition right now. Yeah. I don't know if Enforcers is a great name. It all depends how tough the team is. Well, they'd have to be tough if they were named that. What comes first, the name or the tough players? Yeah, well, let's build a team. Build a team in Evans. Do you have a rink there? Yes. Yeah. The, uh, well, when I was there, it was called the uh, Pembina Recreation Complex, the Recplex. How many is it? See? Uh, well, not as many as an NHL rink. <laughs> I don't remember. It's, the stands were on one side. It was one of those typical oh. small-town minor hockey rinks. So I'm sure an AJHL team. It may, look, it may be totally different now. I haven't been in there for 20 years. Well, you actually saw one of your ex-teammates here tonight. I did. Richard Kitchen was here. I played minor hockey with him. He was a very good defenseman. Well, well I mean... Some of the Evansburg Enforcer alumni are in the house tonight. I mean, you could get a bunch of us together, and that's how we'd put the team in there. You'd have to be one of our backers, too, though, Rob. <laughs> financially or just emotionally? Because <laughs> I have a feeling this might not be a financially, financially good move. Your, your emotional support means nothing to me, Rob. Uh, 6-3, the Sharks beat the Oilers tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. AAA steak, succulent seafood, cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. However, no goal light this evening. Oilers lose 6-3 to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, we'll hear from Eric Carlson in a couple minutes. But first, one of our loyal listeners and callers. It is the one and only K-Jam on the line. K-Jam, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I, uh, I missed a lot of you guys' early coverage. I was wondering if, uh, you know, uh, Oilers lay a little bit of an egg tonight, but if you guys noticed anybody that uh, you thought stood out, because I had uh, one guy a little bit more in particular, and then a couple other guys that I thought did okay tonight. You know, maybe not their best games, but at least showed a little bit, uh, a little bit of gas. Yeah, who? Tell us. Well, I liked Gaetan Haas's game the most tonight. I thought that he was skating a lot, and I thought that he he looked like he was out there making sharp plays. He didn't really have a lot of people out there doing it with him. Um, and it wasn't Gagne's best game by far, but I thought that he showed a little bit more initiative to uh, to make some plays and shoot. And uh, I think I didn't mind. Um, oh, geez, there were there were a couple other guys that. Uh, uh, oh yeah, no, I liked Riley Sheehan uh, a little bit. I thought that he was out there um, moving his feet more than a lot of other guys and um, 
you know, I mean, like he's not a guy who's, who's making a whole lot of plays, but uh, correct me if I was wrong, I had a bad angle, but it looked like he made a play um, at, at a point in the game that almost looked sort of dry sidle-ish, you know, like his uh, sort of a dry sidle drive to the net where he uh, couldn't tuck it in on the far side. But, yeah, no, uh, you're absolutely right. I, I think I think you did pick out the players that were the strongest for the Oilers, and I think I would add Ethan Bear into that on the back end. I thought he had a, a strong game. Uh, Haas, the one you mentioned, he made a, a fantastic end-to-end run, created a great scoring chance. Unfortunately for the Oilers, there weren't enough players that had their A game tonight, and the San Jose Sharks were by far the better team from top to bottom. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, it's nice to see uh, at least, you know, uh, some of the guys who aren't necessarily big contributors, um, you know, showing that uh, they're putting an effort out for the team because, you know, it's it's tough when the big guys are going and they're not getting any support. So it's nice to see that you have guys that are going, you know, even when the big guys aren't, you know. All right, K-Jam, call any time, buddy. We'll see you around. Yeah, thanks for having me. K-Jam, 780-496-0063. Eric Carlson has had a great career in the National Hockey League. Now with the San Jose Sharks, here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Yeah, a little bit of a rough start. You know, they obviously came out with the fresher legs and, uh, you know, the more intensity, but I thought we stuck with it and, uh, you know, kept it tight. And, and you know, after the first uh, six, seven minutes, I think that we uh, we controlled most part of the game and we played a smart game and, uh, you know, get some uh, quality scoring chances in the zone of, you know, cycling pucks and holding on to them in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, felt like it. Uh, it was a good uh, good second game for us here on this road. Is it kind of a character win? Because obviously you're missing such key parts and, and you have some rookies in the lineup, but, you know, down 2 nothing, you guys kept working. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the young guys that have come in, you know, they're, they're bringing a lot of energy and, uh, you know, they're playing the same way uh, no matter what the score is. And I think that that brings up, uh, you know, the better guys that, you know, maybe we think a little bit too much sometimes when, when things happen out there. And, you know, the kids, they just go out and play and kind of rubbed off on us. I think that Jumbo had a great game for us tonight. And, uh, you know, and I think that that really set the tone and, and you know, the young guys are, are helping, uh, you know, bring that energy and, and you know, our, our core players that are still playing, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, playing real solid game out there, you know, making things happen when, when it's the right time and playing simple when we need to. Obviously, McDavid made a couple of terrific plays to start the game. What changed as far as how you guys try to defend him later? No, I just think that we weren't, you know, as, as prepared as them uh, to start the game, uh, and they capitalized on it early. After that, I think that we settled in and, and we found our legs a bit, and uh, you know, we, we, we played a smarter game, and uh, you know, we matched the speed as, as, as good as we could, and, and you know, didn't give them much. And then, obviously, again, uh, you know, Deller played great for us and made some key saves, and uh, you know, kept us in it. All right, uh, Kyle Morris working the visitors' dressing room tonight. Brendan Escott over in the Oilers' room. San Jose wins it 6-3. So the Oilers' back-to-back losses for the first time since December 23rd and 27th. You can also text 780-496-0063. Herbert says, really disappointed Mike Smith wasn't in net tonight. Didn't think Koskinen lost the game, but he didn't do much to help the Oilers win it. Uh, Again, we expect Smith to be uh, back in goal on Saturday. It's interesting how it's gone with the Oilers goaltending. I mean, uh, you know, six weeks ago, it was uh, it was never play Smith again, yeah. and now it's uh, it, it's play Smith the, w- every game, which is, I mean, maybe we didn't think we would get here this way with the appearances, but, but again, it's 31-28 in terms of appearances for the two goalies. Uh, Koskinen has, has the 31. Yeah, it's, uh, well, there's times where... He, 
both goaltenders have looked like world beaters. There's time where both goaltenders are like, Ooh, okay, we might need to go get something else uh, to help this team. But uh, at the end of the day, the goaltending actually over the course of the season has been better than I think what a lot of people expected. The goaltending hasn't really been an issue. Tonight, the goaltending wasn't as good as it has been, but neither were the 18 players that were skating in front of the goaltenders. So it, this was a rough one. I, I expect Smith will play next game, and then how he plays will probably dictate who plays the game afterwards. But I think we're at the point now that somebody gets the has a great game, and then they fall out with another great game. They're going to run with it. I don't think they're going to start looking to even the games out anymore. I think simply now is you play well, you keep playing, and you keep playing until we think you're too tired and we have to move you to another, move the other goalie in. But I don't think there was a right or wrong move tonight on which goalie you played. But I, after seeing the, the game and Koskinen didn't have a strong one, you're, you're going to see Smith in the next one. All right, uh, Barry writes in. He says, uh, I would like to ask Rob about the team mentality, what happens in the dressing room or on the bench where pretty much the entire team can have a flat game. It seems to me that at least some guys would be playing well enough to be stars, but it looked like no one had it tonight for Edmonton. Uh, well, the, the problem is when you could have certain players. I mean, was Benson flat out there? No, but he's not going to create and, and make as big a difference. Was uh, Shane, we've had a couple of people talk, talked about Shane's game. I thought he had a pretty good game. But again, he's not going to make as big a difference in the game. Uh, the Oilers' top players were a little flat. They weren't as good as they have been as late. Sometimes it's as simple as the puck just doesn't bounce your way. Now, today wasn't one of those days. In Arizona, I think it was. Today wasn't. Today was just, I think that the, the Oilers got, they got the early lead, and I think maybe they took their foot off the pedal a little bit. And San Jose started pushing back, and then the Oilers, when they, oh, geez, we're in a game right now, then they started getting a little... Um, not selfish, but they tried doing things by themselves. They tried making big plays. They tried making long passes. They tried beating guys one-on-one. They got away from the things, the simplified game that makes them successful. So, And there's some, simply some days, and you watch any game in the National Hockey, there's some days where a team just doesn't have it. And if there's no rhyme or reason why, but a team just doesn't have it. And you go, tonight, who did New Jersey beat 5 nothing tonight? Philly. Philly. Philly's a team that's a playoff-caliber team. Lost to a horrible... Jersey team, 5 nothing. Philly just didn't have it. And if you could bottle that up, figure out what it is, uh, you'd be a very successful coach or GM in the National Hockey League. Tonight, the others just didn't have it. Yeah, and I think, like we talked about, it's a lot of times it's the the decision making as mm-hmm. much as as much as anything else. We talked about shooting pucks in, recognizing ways you can generate energy, and certainly. I mean, the heartbeat of the team over the last dozen games has been the line of Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and, and Yamamoto, and they didn't. They weren't did as they, good Did tonight. they have a good scoring chance tonight? I don't know if they did. Yamamoto might have fired Yamamoto one. had, didn't he have a one-timer tonight? And, and Leon won another face-off yeah. back to Nugent Hopkins for, for, for a quick shot, but, but it wasn't. There were, there were no second chances, and that's really how they've been scoring, yes. second and third chances. And, and with uh, sustained pressure, they did not have the sustained pressure that they've had in the past, and the problem was they have been carrying it, and tonight, when they didn't have it, they didn't get sustained pressure from any other line, so no one picked them up. Oilers lose 6-3. Let's go back down to their dressing room. Defenseman Ethan Bear. In your team's game, after you had that 2-0 lead, maybe what the difference was in the shift? I don't really know. Like We uh, know we, we had a really hot start there, and 
And I think we're just um, honestly just fighting the puck. And I think we just need to support each other a little bit closer and honestly just keep going north. I think there's too much uh, side to side. And honestly, we just got to keep attacking and just keep our foot on the gas in those situations. It's back-to-back games where your team maybe hasn't had enough of the right type of stuff. And what yeah. are you sensing in the group after an emotional week, the week before? Uh, I mean, we're all, we're all working hard, that's for sure. And it's just like... I mean, like games like this, and you know, like I think it's like Kip was saying, like it's five periods where we just weren't sharp, and even though we had the hot start, we, you know, they still like they came back on us, and we just gotta find a way to just you know be mature and and to just find a way to just keep going forward, and on that's really it, and just keep attacking the way we were, and and just supporting each other, work work uh, work back for each other, so you know we don't have to make those hard plays. A little bit off topic, but did Brent Burns say? scored a nice goal and, and or maybe what he said to you and what what you thought about that kind of yeah reaction. no he, no it's obviously uh he said good shot and you know he's, he's a hell of a player and you know i i don't I, it feels good right when you get a veteran guy say something like that so but it's good all right that's ethan bear he had one of the three oilers goals tonight gagne and mcdavid also scored for the sharks he was two from meyer Kane, Nason, LeBanc, and Latunov getting his first NHL goal, getting the Sharks a 6-3 victory over the Oilers. You can get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next Oilers broadcast is Saturday. The face-off show is at 3.30, and the game will start at 5 here on 630Ched. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630Ched. We've been live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford. The Oilers start quick and then fall apart. The Sharks take it 6-3. Have a good night.